Good morning. You made it. Our, our uh, streaming audience has made it. Thank you for being here this morning. My name is Greg Peterson. I'm delighted to serve on your board of trustees, and I have a few announcements for you this morning. Before we start on that, I invite you to take out your electronic devices, let people know you made it here today. Um, if you're on social media, check in and um, let people know that you're worshiping with us this morning. And then silence the device and give yourself and others the beauty of this next sacred hour. Our flowers this morning are in honor of Kevin Hudala's parents, Ivan and Marlene, who both celebrated birthdays on the same day. So uh, today, which is today. So that's awesome. Yeah. And then this afternoon at 1.30, uh, Catherine Grotenheis is leading part two of her workshop, Heal Your Body, Yes You Can, in the Fillmore Room on our upper level. Tonight, uh, Tuesday night's follow-up class after today's lesson will be facilitated by Echo Bodine. So join her for How to Cure Loneliness at 7 p.m. on Tuesday. Tickets are also on sale in the Garden Court for the Unity Valentine's Day dance next Friday evening which will take place um, at Brookview, uh, Golden Valley. Uh, there'll be live music, there'll be appetizers, there'll be intuitives, psychics, uh, tarot card readers, etc. So we invite you to come and participate in that community event as we celebrate Valentine's Day. And then uh, I invite you to remain in the sanctuary after the service today. We'll have a Q&A session which will allow you to get to know our Board of Trustees candidates um, candidate bios are included uh, in the bulletin this morning. Um, if you're a registered member and know you won't be able to be here next week, um, you can pick up an absentee ballot in the church office today if you need to. And then next week, our Board of Trustees election will take place at Sunday at our annual meeting at 1.30. Um, child care will be provided for that meeting, and you can also join us via live stream, so we encourage all of our congregants to attend. And then the Uniteens will be hosting their annual community meal fundraiser prior to our annual meeting. Um, so there'll be a luncheon provided. Tickets for that are $5 per person or $15 maximum for family. And then details and sign-up sheets for all of these events are available out in the Garden Court. You can also sign up for our electronic newsletter, our Peak of the Week, which comes out on Thursday mornings. If you're not already receiving that, I invite you to uh, make sure you're getting that to keep up to date on absolutely everything going on in our phenomenal community. And now I will invite Kevin Hudala come, to come up, who's filling in for Reverend Pat, who's on vacation this week, and um, open us with prayer. Thank you. Please join me in prayer. I invite you to take a couple of deep and deliberate breaths, allowing yourself to surrender to this now moment. Move your attention from the external to the internal, letting go of the activities of today. Know fully that we are always held in the arms of the divine. Sweet Spirit, we are filled with a sense of gratitude for the gift of life. We give thanks for the opportunity to come together as this spiritual community. We hold a deep appreciation for Unity Minneapolis and our powerful vision of transforming the world through love, peace, and compassion. We stand firmly committed to a vision of a world that works for all. We affirm peace and healing for this country and for our world. As we move through the journey of life, we know fully that we are never alone, knowing that we are forever connected to the divine, connected to each other, and connected to all the beauty of all of life. We open our minds to insights and learning. We open our hearts to a greater sense of love and connection. And it is with great joy that we say thank you, God, together. Thank you, God. Amen. 
I think we need to celebrate this day as well as celebrate the fact that we made it here physically and safely. Please join our opening song and stand as you are able. Good morning and welcome. Thank you for being here. <laughs> we especially welcome our streaming audience, so thanks for joining us, and thanks for choosing to spend part of your day with us. As you may well know, welcoming is one of our core values, and one of our favorite things to do is to welcome our guests in this sanctuary. So if you are here with us for the first, second, or third time, if you've braved the snowstorm and chose to join us here today, we really especially want to welcome you. So if you're our guest, first, second, or third time, I invite you to raise your hand, take your courage in your hand. Any guests? Welcome. <laughs> welcome. That rose is a gift from our con congregation so we can easily recognize you and extend a personal welcome to you. You also are receiving a packet that holds a lot of information about Unity Minneapolis and what we are all about. All of that's important and yet one of the most important things that is said on this platform each and every Sunday is this. No matter where you are on your spiritual journey, you are welcome here. Thank you for joining us today. Let's appreciate our guests. We also kind of like greeting each other, yes? Let's do that with a handshake, a hug, a namaste. Let's do it.
kind of feel like we are the few, the proud, and the mighty. It really did. It really did. So if you didn't get to that person you wanted to, uh, feel free to stick around after services and join us in Friendship Hall. Uh, our guest speaker today, uh, first off, I have a difficult time calling him a guest. Uh, because of all the time that he has spent with us here at Unity Minneapolis. He's also uh, someone I consider a friend, uh, a mentor, a role model, and he's my advisor. <laughs> so uh, uh, <laughs> let, me, uh, let me introduce our guest. <laughs> Reverend Ray Nelson, in case you haven't figured that out, graduated with a Master's in Divinity from the Unity Institute and was ordained by Unity Worldwide Ministries in June of 2011. He also holds a master's degree from United Theological Seminary, and the focus he took there was on pastoral care and end-of-life issues. He served here as associate minister from June 2011 until June of 2013, and then he moved from here to Louisville, where he served as senior minister of Unity of Louisville from July 2013 to November 2019. In his spare time, he, serves, er, he served as president of the Unity Great Lakes region from 2017 and 2018, and then currently serves as the vice president. He recently relocated back here to the Twin Cities with his beloved wife, Robin, and so it's so good to have both of you back home. Welcome and thank you, Reverend Ray. Yeah. Let's uh, settle in and prepare for the reading of the Daily Word. We now move deeper into spirit with the reading of the daily word. As the usher brings down the prayer box, you are invited to mentally add your prayers to the written requests in the box. After the service, the prayer box is located in the garden court where you may add your written requests. Your prayers are then prayed with by our prayer ministry for seven days, and then they are forwarded to silent unity where they are prayed for for an additional 30 days. The word for today is joy. We affirm, I am God's joy. The Apostle Paul declared to his followers at Thessalonica, you are glory and joy. I pause to remember relationships that have brought me joy, and I bless everyone who has shared those relationships. I treasure the good feeling that arises when people I care about let me know I have brought joy into their lives. Sharing joy is an important part of the human experience, and it has the potential to bring people together in spiritual community. Joy is an attribute of God and is a sure sign of the awareness of God's presence. As I grow in spiritual awareness through prayer, God's joy permeates my consciousness and infuses every area of my life. As I make a commitment to expressing joy, I become an ever clearer expression of God's perfect idea. And scripture tells us in Thessalonians 2.20, yes, you are our glory and joy. The word for today is joy. Oh, you in 
In our daily lives, we may have unwanted or repetitive thoughts or feelings. We may feel alone, bereft of connection with loved ones, purpose, or health. We might allow these unseen experiences to overwhelm, dominate our mind, or take our joy away. But there is always a place we can visit. No matter where we are, whatever your condition or state of being is. It is to return to spirit. It is here we find our most sublime connection. Right now, we can gently close your eyes if you wish and focus on your breath, becoming aware of its flow. Imagine how grateful your very breath is to be and express itself through you. Imagine how joyful your being is to breathe and give life to you. Slowing and deepening each breath and finding the quiet. And so we let it take us for a moment into the silence and relax. As you return to this space and time, be aware that there has been a collective resonance created with others in this space. We have honored the value of being with our innermost self. And we have energetically connected with others as we share the sacred space of worship and fellowship. We have opened ourselves to a newness of possibility and presence. And so we let it be. Amen.
Thank you guys. That was beautiful. I feel really blessed. I am honored and privileged to be back here on this platform once again. And I, I really like the way Reverend Pat's been my mentor for 15 years. I really like the way he comes out of the Christmas season and he has something that is specifically unity. It's practical spirituality. It's not airy-fairy where it looks good on a poster and then we forget about it all day long. It's stuff that we can put into practice every day. <clears throat> and, I, and I like that. And I especially love that he's now having the Tuesday night workshops. Who's, who's attended any of those? Anybody? Yeah. They're good. So um, it's just a way to take what we talk on Sunday and then go deeper and be able to integrate in. Um, I like the way Kevin did it last week. He kind of did a wrap-up of what we've done so far. So Reverend Pat started with vision. So we all know that vision is that inspiring, pulling consciousness and idea of where we're going. If you don't have a vision, it's like being in a boat with no rudder and no oar. You'll go someplace, but you have no idea where it is, and it's not guided by spirit. That vision pulls us forward on that evolutionary spiral. And then Tony Fish talked about, Reverend Tony Fish talked about prosperity consciousness and the idea of, and I'll use my language, is that in God there is no scarcity. We live in an abundant, prosperous universe, and it's our responsibility to learn how to align and claim and move into that divine flow of what's already there. And then Reverend Pat brilliantly, and I thought this was brilliant, instead of saying he's going to talk about self-care. So if you had to put self-care, I don't know about you, but it would have been, oh, okay, yeah. Oh, yeah, pray, meditate, take some time off. Yeah, I get it, you know. Instead, he talks about the art of selfishness. And I saw that and go, I got to go. I'm sitting in the front row. I want to know what the heck he's talking about. And it really was about that idea that so often when we participate in self-care, we can self-edit ourselves and make it seem like we're being selfish because we're not out giving. But remember, you can't give what you don't have. So you nurture yourself. And like Kevin pointed out last week was, and he did it brilliantly because he did that talk, did the board meeting on Monday, and then left for three weeks. So he did a little selfishness and self-care. So, um, so that was great. And then last week, Re um, Reverend, I'm just going to call him Reverend Kevin because he is already. He, he just hasn't gotten to the final point where somebody agrees with him. You know, so. <laughs> so last week it was cancel, cancel, cancel. Letting go of those resentments. In recovery, resentments are the number one reason that people relapse. Letting go of those resentments and practicing that divine art, because it's an art, it's not a science, it's an art of forgiveness. Forgiving not only others, but learning to forgive yourself, which I thought was brilliant. Today, this is not an easy topic to talk about. Thank you, Reverend Pat. I, I'm so blessed. <laughs> he said, well, you just went through a time of loneliness, so it's alive with you. you know? I said, yeah, kind of like sticking your finger in an open wound. Yeah, it's alive in me. Um, talking about the cure for loneliness. Not an easy topic to talk about. There's, there's a lot there, and there's a lot of shame and guilt that can be when people are feeling lonely, like, especially on a spiritual path, you can think, well, what's wrong with me? I'm on a spiritual path, and yet I'm miserable. There must be something wrong with me. So it's not an easy topic, but, so I figured we, what we may have to do first is we need to understand what we're talking about. So I looked it up in the dictionary, and it says, loneliness is the quality of being, unfrequented or remote, isolation. Yes, but it is so much more than that. 
Human beings are social animals. We, there is a universal need to be embedded, connected, and integrated in a social network. And many of us live in many social networks that are integrated in many different ways. So I, as a minister, I had my church community, which was a social network. But that was also my work, so I also had work relationships, and then I had social relationships. So many of them are there. But the other side of that, the yin to the yang, there is a sense of loneliness that is a universal experience. And being social animals, there are implications, there are costs involved when those social connections that are so vital to our health, to our mental well-being, to our spiritual well-being, when those are severed, even if temporarily, there are Serious implications. I looked at it that there was two types of loneliness. There's the type that we all have. Everybody experienced, I'm, I'm lonely today. Um, I'll use the example of Robin went to her daughters and to see her granddaughters on New Year's Day. The whole day. And I'm home and I'm alone. And I'm a little lonely. Now, it's not severe, it's not dangerous, it's not tragic, it's nothing. It's something that I'm going to go through, and it's short term, and I know it. It just was, wow, I'm really lonely today because I'm used to having Robin sitting across on the couch knitting, ignoring me, but still there. <laughs> yeah. you know? so, and then there's the second type of loneliness, which we're going to focus on more, which is chronic. It's persistent. And it's a mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual malady that affects us mind, body, and spirit. Now that first one, short-term, temporary, pass quickly, there's ways of strategies and work we can do ahead of time that, well, when those times come up, we can short-circuit it so it's not that bad. The easiest way is to nurture your spiritual life. Because in your spiritual life, you will remember oneness. You will remember, I'm really never alone. I'm really surrounded and enfolded in spirit. And though I might not have anybody with me, I'm never alone. I'm reminded of the 23rd Psalms. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. You have me lay down in green valleys. You know at the depth of you because you've done your work that those times are just a momentary time. But because you know who you are and what the truth is, the loneliness doesn't bother you so much. And because you're in spirit, you're inspired to maybe do something different. When I knew Robin was going to be gone... I called Nancy's husband, Tom. And I said, Tom, let's go to a movie. And he called Reverend Pat. So me, Reverend Pat, and Tom had a boys' day out <laughs> watching a completely innocuous movie that had no meaning whatsoever and then went out to dinner. And it was great. And, and so I knew I could take a strategy to circumvent that, that feeling of loneliness because I just got back into town and I had just gone through loneliness and I didn't want to do it again. So The other one is to know that when you're going through those moments, it's just an experience. So often what we say is, I am lonely. I am sad. I am miserable. Are you? Really? That's who you're claiming to be? No. You're having an experience of loneliness. You're not loneliness. You're just having an experience. And experiences pass. You're not your emotions. Everybody know this one? You're not your emotions. Your emotion will pass. You're not your feelings. You're none of it. You're not your I am is you are a divine child of God, heir to the kingdom of heaven, and the truth is, you are beloved down to your soul. And if you remember that, those times of loneliness just pass like anything. But that second type of loneliness 
is devastating. There is an emotional darkness, a sadness, a hopelessness. It's like you're in a dark night of the soul, but a dark night of the soul only is recognized as a dark night of the soul when you're coming out of the dark night and you recognize that all that you've just gone through has been for your good. You're not in that recognition. You're in the darkness. You're in the depression. You're in that place of of overwhelm. In the physical realm, the incidence of chronic, persistent loneliness, increased heart attacks, increased depression, chronic illnesses, Longer to get through anything. If a cold took you two days before, it might take you two weeks. Lack of sleep. Longer hospital stays. And eventually, they have proven that people with chronic loneliness die younger. It actually shortens your lifespan. And probably the worst, what I consider the worst side effect, is a disconnection not only from those social networks, but from God. You feel alienated and abandoned. And there's no one to turn to. Anybody ever experienced that? Where you felt completely severed from your relationship with the divine. You seek out God and God's not there. Now we know that's not true. So God's never, God never moved. It's us not being able to access. But there's that sense in loneliness is that you are abandoned and isolated and alone. A couple years ago, there was an assumption that with the advent of social media, most connected the world's ever been. In a moment, you can touch a button on a smartphone or a tablet and be connected with 7.2 billion people around the world. You can be connected in ways it's never been. And yet there was the assumption that it was also the most disconnected and lonely that it's ever been. There's some data that says that that may not be as true as we thought, but mostly that's because they haven't studied it yet. So they, you know, scientists, they got to have facts. They got to have facts. And so what we know to be true isn't true until we have a fact for it. But I think if you look at the factors going on in the world, the rise of depression, especially in young people, is is catastrophic. The level of addiction and the suicide rate of people between 25 and 40 is gone up something like 50% in two years. Loneliness has to have an effect in there. But I will tell you this, and this is from the AARP, is it is an absolute fact that the incidence of chronic loneliness in the elderly is at crisis levels. It has gone up 45% in 10 years. It costs Medicare an extra $8 billion a year alone in hospital stays because people don't have any place to go when they go to the hospital. If this were a disease, if this were a virus or a flu that's killed a whole 11 people, and it's dangerous, this would be front page news, and it would be a health emergency. People are dying, and people are sad, and people are lonely. And there's a lot of factors But the main one is that your social connections have been severed. That bond has been severed. Families move apart. We are a more mobile world. People don't stay in jobs anymore. They move around. Um, Well, except for Robin, how many people's kids actually live in the same town as you? People move all the time. We don't know our neighbors. How many people know your neighbors? Oh, wow, you guys are good. You know, when I grew up, my dad knew everybody 
I think, I think my dad knew everybody, but within the three blocks neighborhood. And I had a teacher, Tom Shepard, said that um, he had read an article that the advent of uh, indoor air conditioning actually was the beginning of the severing of the social relationships. Because when I was a kid, we'd either have to sit on the porch and then we'd talk to the neighbor across the way sitting on their porch because it's too darn hot sitting in the house. Or we'd go out, sit out back, drinking a lemonade, or if it's my family, something that's not a lemonade, um, and, and talk to the neighbors and everybody would come over and, and you knew everybody. So if something was going on, there was always somebody there to check on you, to see how you were doing. Now we cocoon. We turn that air conditioning. If you're in Louisville, you turn the air conditioning down to about 62 and, and, and you put on coats indoors and, and then... I don't understand it, but that's beside the point. Um, so, and, and then there's just the idea of the shame and the guilt associated with something like telling your friends that I'm just lonely. I'm really lonely. You know, that's a hard one to tell people because they don't, if they're not experiencing, they don't necessarily understand. And people say the oddest things thinking they're being helpful. They might say, well, I never get lonely. I don't know what's wrong with you. <laughs> That's really helpful. You know, I'm lonely and you're telling me I'm wrong. Okay. And, or, and I can tell you what doesn't work. They say, you just need to get out more. So, and then if they're even worse is they drag you to some social event where you don't know anybody. So the idea is we're social animals, but we're social animals in the sense of a tribe. Anthropologically, the, the ARP article was talking about, or some article I was reading was saying, that from our earliest stages, 150, 200,000 years ago, having a tribe to be with that you knew was yours created a sense of safety that other tribe is not safe for you. So you being dragged to something where you don't know anybody, it's like being in fourth grade being dragged to your first dance because your parents think it'll be good to you and you stand like this, <laughs> petrified that somebody might actually talk to you or ask you to dance. <laughs> oh. And so what happens is your fear level kicks in your anxiety kicks in, and instead of helping you, your sense of loneliness and dread magnifies. So we used to have to do chapel services when we, were, when we had to go to the village to go to school. And afterwards, we would do hospitality. That was part of the chapel service. And I knew everybody at the village. I knew all the classmates, all the teachers, all the staff, all the people at World Head. I knew everybody. And we'd have these chapel services. And I was in full form anxiety, dread, and panic the whole time. Because I was put in a social situation in which I didn't feel safe. I didn't feel comforted. I didn't feel in any way. And I hadn't recognized my social anxiety issues. And that's what you do when you take somebody who's chronically persistent lonely. You put them in something and instead of helping them, you exasperate the problem and actually create a panic. So what does help? And I'm here to tell you, there's no magic pill. That's why this one's so hard. Reverend Pat said, the cure to loneliness. There's no cure to loneliness. What there is, is learning how to gracefully and easily move through it. There's no cure for it because it can come back. It's like depression. There's no cure necessarily for depression. You just have to learn how to be with it and move through it. But there are some things you can do. The first one is what you're doing right now is a perfect example. You're here. You're creating a social connection, a social network that if at any time you feel lonely, you can come to this church and you know you're in a safe spot. You know these people love you. 
You know these people accept you. You know that these people are not going to judge you. And hopefully there'd be somebody here who would listen to you. I hadn't, I, I, you know, I've been back periodically, but, you know, I've been gone for six and a half years. I walked back into the church on 12-8, 2019, and I felt like Norm from Cheers. <laughs> Ray! You know, nobody gave me a beer, but, you know, Ray! You know, every week someone comes up that, will say, oh, I remember when you were here and you did this. And oftentimes I don't even know who they are because I made a difference. But the difference is that this is my home. This is my tribe. This is a place where I know that when I left, when I come back, I'm welcome. It's a safe place where I, I don't have to do anything. I can just come and be and allow myself to move through those emotions. Nurturing that perfect place, that church place. One of the other things you can do, and some of this stuff you do ahead of time. You connect with neighbors. You connect with people. You create those social networks that feel safe for you so that if that time comes, there's people there that you don't have to call on, they call on you. You strengthen that spiritual connection. If you don't strengthen the spiritual connection when somebody comes up and says, well, you're never alone. God's always with you. You're lucky you don't have a baseball bat because you want to bop him in the head. You know, you just, it, it means nothing to you. But when you've strengthened that spiritual connection, when you know down to their soul, you're right, and I forgot. There's been times I forgot, and it always embarrasses Reverend Pat, so I'll tell the story again. When, when I went into the hospital for the dialysis treatment for about three, four days, I completely severed all relationship with God. I completely severed all relationship with social. Robin was the only one I could actually even hear, you know. And so I was about four days, Robin, hands me the phone, says, Reverend Pat's on the phone. He wants to talk to you. And I'm like, and I blubbered for like five minutes. You know, oh, Reverend Pat. And all Reverend Pat did was say, are you done? Are you through? And I said, yes, sir. And he said, now are you willing to hear the truth? Are you willing to hear the truth about who you truly are? And that severed connection was magically reconnected because I had done the work ahead of time. And I could hear that truth. When you go to a prayer chaplain and you've lost this sight, the idea, and that prayer chaplain plays with you because you have trust in them. You know them, you trust them, you believe in them. You hear them. And even though you can't, you're not there yet, you live out of their words. That's an important one. You work on being, being happy in solitude. How many people really like being alone? A few of you. <laughs> yeah. So, and there's a difference between being alone and being lonely. To work on the idea that spend some of that quiet time alone. And then, you guys did Brene Brown in the fall. One of the things I think is really important when you're going through something like this is to learn to be vulnerable, to ask for help, to tell us what's wrong. We want to hide. See, unity people can really get into metaphysical malpractice by pretending everything's all, oh, it's all good. <laughs> yes, I'm miserable, but it's all good. You know, is learn to be vulnerable. Here's what I'm going through. And know that you're in a safe community. You're in a safe social network that will support you. And I like the idea of the affirmations. It just did a great job, Jeanette. It was a beautiful meditation. To remember those times when those thoughts seem to be driving us and that we can go back to a different thought. I, so you're lonely and you start affirming, I am God's joy. 
I am God's joy. I am God's joy. And all of a sudden you'll see, we'll say that, I am God's joy. One more time. One more time. And you know what I noticed? A lot of smiles coming out of face. It's hard to be miserable when you're smiling. You know, so work on those affirmations, work on that. And one of the things we can do for others is to not try to fix them, but to be present and listen to someone. I was looking at a cartoon, The Metaphysics of Winnie the Pooh, one of the great deep thinkers of all time. And Eeyore had been absent for a little while. And Piglet and Pooh came up, and they asked him, how are you doing? Well, I'm sad. I'm miserable. I guess it's okay, but I'm really sad. And they went, and they sat down with him. What are you doing? You don't want to be with me. I'm sad. And they said, we'll be sad with you. We're just here to be with you. And then over time, Eeyore started lightening up a little bit, and people started, and he started thinking that things weren't quite as bad as he thought they were. To take that time and notice when someone's not there and connect and ask. There's a human cost to loneliness, and it's probably going to get worse before it gets better. We don't understand the, the meaning and all that can come out of our social networks. Um, but this is a place for this community, at least, because it's the only community I'm talking to today. This is a place for this community to start practicing that principle of compassion and empathy. And notice, someone's not here. I wonder where they are. I wonder what's going on. And give them that call. Give them that, that little handout to see if somebody reaches back. It's not chasing them down because we want to get more butts in the chairs or butts at home today. So it's, it's that idea of the practice, that principle of our compassion, our understanding, our empathy, and know that a simple act of reaching out can completely transform another person's lives because that social connection that, that's been severed for them can be reconnected with a simple sentence. Are you ready to hear the truth? Are you ready to hear the truth about who you are and how much you're loved and how much you're cared for? Are you ready to hear the truth that you are a divine child of God? I love you. I bless you. And I behold the living presence of God in each of you. I'm walking, I'm walking spirit, and I'm talking, talking spirit. I'm
plugged into my prayer before it gets too late. I put the spirit in front of me to make those crooked places straight. I'm walking. I'm talking. that song? Who wrote it? Eddie Watkins, Jr. Awesome, awesome. Thank you, Reverend Ray. Thank you, Reverend Jeanette. It's time for our offertory. I'm going to just invite you just to take a moment, take a deep breath, and just center in and, and get in touch with a sense of gratitude and appreciation. Our uh, offertory blessing is found in the order of service. I'll say it once and then ask you to say that with me and then silently one additional time. Divine love flowing through me blesses and multiplies all that I give, all that I receive, and all that I am. Together, divine love flowing through me blesses and multiplies all that I give, all that I receive, and all that I am. And now silently. Amen.
we take a moment standing in a place of gratitude and appreciation. Sweet Spirit, we are grateful for the gift of life. We are grateful for the connections with this spiritual community. We are grateful for the beautiful, gentle snow of today. We bless these gifts. We bless the gifts that have been received in the mail, the gifts from our streaming audience. We bless all of these gifts. We know we have the power to bless, and what we bless increases. We bless these gifts, and we see them going forth to serve and to fulfill our mission of a transformed world. And so it is. Amen. I invite our on-duty prayer chaplains to please stand. These beautiful souls arrived early to hold sacred space here before we got here. They're here to hold sacred space with us. So if you have a prayer request, a prayer need, I encourage you to seek one of them out. It will be a blessing for you as well as for them. Thank you for your service. Just a couple of quick reminders. Please stick around if you'd like to chat with our board candidates or at least some of them for our upcoming election next week. And next week, uh, important in terms of stewardship and ownership of our spiritual community, our annual meeting. So I invite you to attend that. I believe that's at 1.30. I got it right. All right. So uh, do we have kids today? Did any youngsters make it in today? Let's, let's bring them in. streamers. Um, <laughs> we had a great time today. I want to thank this group of volunteers for braving the weather to be with these kids. And thanks for everyone who brought their kids. We had a great time talking about compassion today. Thank you very much. Let's uh, know our prayer for protection then our peace song. The light of God surrounds us. I am light. The love of God enfolds us. I am love. The power of God protects us. I am power. The presence of God watches over us. I am presence. Wherever we are, God is. I am divine and all is well. Reminder, our, our uh, Q&A session with our Board of Trustee candidates is following this little ditty. 
So we invite you to stay for that. Thank you. For Safrikana, for Sabayana, for Sajibina, for Sajibé, for Safrikana, for Sabayana, for Sajibina, for Sajibé, da courage energia iluminado a vida. Stop.